0: Hey, what's up everybody out there in podcast land? Welcome to episode number 18, the last main episode of this series, The Road to Infinity. That's right, Black Panther. I'm very excited to get to this episode, but um, what's going to happen after this? I guess since this is basically the end of our journey... Uh, we'll probably do, I'll probably do one episode, uh, my reactions and everything like that to the movie after I see it on Thursday night, and that'll go up Friday morning, and then we'll probably do one last wrap-up of, of things, uh, with another mini-episode after that, uh, and maybe we'll talk about some theories for the future after Infinity War, and after we've had a couple days to, uh, mull it over. Um, I don't know when everybody else is seeing the movie, all my guests, uh, from all the previous episodes who have been awesome uh, but I will see if I can get them to give any sort of reactions they can if they plan to see it you know this weekend because I think that'd be pretty cool obviously that would have been the wonderful miraculous thing to happen for the finale of this but uh, people lead real lives <laughs> and they have to get on with them they can't just they can't just be on my podcast forever but anyway, I'm excited for this episode. My friend Rich Soubey is uh, so awesome to talk to, and we hadn't really uh, we haven't really seen each other since our college days. But he asked me to do Black Panther uh, back when I proposed this whole project, and uh, and we slipped right into a, a, a conversation that was so that was so seamless, pretty much. Uh, because I don't know, it was just it's just an easy movie to talk about. He's a he's a great guy to talk to. Um, I have normally I have a few questions in mind sometimes I write them down especially uh, since we've been doing a lot of the episodes over Skype Um, it's easy to get sidetracked or distracted so I had some questions but we pretty much hit them just from talking Uh, so we end up just having a great discussion that pretty seamlessly goes from Black Panther to a little bit about Civil War uh, a little bit about Ant-Man and then right into Infinity War So it's pretty fun and, uh, very, uh, kind of, uh, heartwarming. I don't know is the, uh, is the right word, but it is a very like heartfelt episode. Uh, and, and obviously you'll, you'll see why, uh, when you listen to it, when we get into it. Um, but that's it guys. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, let's maybe I'll do, should I do like a, a a quick summary of, of Infinity War? Uh, like everything leading up to this? Just the just the Cliff Notes version of everything up till now. Let's do it. I'll do it tomorrow. Expect that tomorrow. Uh, th- three mini episodes, I guess. And uh, enjoy. Please enjoy episode number 18, the awesome Black Panther and the amazing Rich Soubey. Enjoy. How many times have you watched that trailer <laughs> uh god i've watched it i've watched it like a dozen times i think <laughs> right like have you have you have you watched it are you hyped i watched i watched it like seven times
1: and i'm super hyped oh, for it god. like this is to me it is like, like i know they're gonna like keep making movies after and like there's gonna be a new breed of people and blah 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 but this is like the ultimate culmination of everything that uh, the first Iron Man movie started back in two thousand eight, so I'm I'm pretty pumped for, for it. For sure, I'm a, I'll be there. Were you as soon as were, possible? Were you a
0: Were you a Marvel kid growing up? Like like comics and stuff?
1: So yeah, I read um to my to my cousins' chagrin because it, it was my older cousins who were really into comic books and their favorites were, were like X Men and my other cousins favorite was like Green Lantern, and they take me to the comic book store and I would want to buy like Image comics, so nice. I was reading like Stormwatch and like Savage. Dragon and, like, stuff like that, and they basically, like, forced... <laughs> like, they forced X-Men and Fantastic Four <laughs> and Superman on me, and Superman became, like, my favorite after that, and...
0: Hell, yeah. So I read,
1: I read a lot of mostly X-Men comics in the 90s.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: They were great. And, uh, Spider-Man. But, yeah, I was... I've always been in the comic books. It's It's been a thing pretty much throughout my life, and, you know, I don't buy a lot of, like, trade paperbacks anymore. Like, I still go, and... Every now and then I'll browse, and, like, if there's a really good, like, uh, collection, like, I'll get that. Like, I have all the, like, the big Superman stories I have on my shelf. Like, I have Kingdom Come, and I have Secret Identity, and I have, like, the Astonishing X-Men collection and stuff like that. So I still read them every now and then.
0: But oh, I love it. I
1: definitely, I've definitely lost touch with, like, the more moderns. Like, I haven't read any, like, the New 52 stuff, and I haven't read any of... Like uh, the last major like Marvel event I read was House of M, which was like what a decade ago yeah, I think,
0: probably I, that was, was a long I think that time. Was, ago. I think that was the last one I read too. I think I think yeah. House of M. After that, I kind of fell off of it, and then yeah, like uh, I, I still read DC here and there. You don't have to read the New Fifty Two. I can tell you that personally. Um
1: Yeah, I've heard not great things yeah. about that.
0: I'd say I'd say the one exception <laughs> is if you ever want to read The Wonder Woman, like volume one and two, because that's the best oh, like really? it's great. Like they they reintroduced her uh more closely connected to the Greek uh Greek mythology that surrounds her and I thought they that's I thought they good. did it really well and it was really cool. Um yeah. And then like rebirth happened and they kind of got rid of all of it. So meh.
1: Right. Like you do. Like you do. It's (laughs)
0: comics. Um, Yeah, I also – I think I also feel like there's a part of me that's like uh, I've – even though they'll keep making movies, I'm I'm for sure I'll keep seeing them. It's a little like I've gotten a bit older, and it's like, oh, I think it'll – it won't – I don't think it'll have affected me as much as like this decade – uh, I, uh, you know, and this, this, these years of movies have affected me like this. Like I think, like all of the really interesting ones right. for me and like my childhood are like they they came out and they were interesting. And on on Marvel and DC side, you know, as much as as yeah. convoluted, like the big stories, yeah, like, oh, as convoluted as yeah. the DC side can be. I think like I don't know, there were some interesting ones, and I think like anything that comes after this is like, huh, okay, well, you know uh another yeah another and i don't know if that's more of a product
1: of the work or if that's a product of like just fatigue over time of like reading stories about the same characters yeah. it's like I, I i don't know like no i think i i think you got a point to I, that i look at because yeah. every now and then there's like a new gem i'm like oh this is really great but it's like man i've been reading about you know clark and lois <laughs> and jimmy and cat rant and all these people for like you know the better part of my life like maybe it's time exactly. to move on so they don't gra- they don't grab as hard, but you know it, when it's a good story, like I still like. That's get true. Into it, so. That's true. I so speaking
0: know. of good stories, though, how well did you know uh, Black Panther before this? I had like
1: a very like loosely gripped knowledge of Black Panther before this movie. Like I, um, I've I've read maybe four or five Black Panther comics ever <laughs> before this. And then, other than that, it was like his appearance, any appearances, and like crossovers or like the Avengers, like the animated Avengers stuff. I like he's in all that stuff too. So like, I knew enough to know about like the background and like to know about Wakanda and you know, the whole their whole deal and like vibranium and why why it is what it is and uh, the whole isolationist society thing. So I knew all that. Like I knew all the background stuff going in, but I never really knew a lot about like the character of of Zala himself. So that's what I was looking forward to um, getting more of from this movie. And you kind of do, but it's the movie's really more about the world building than it is. I feel like anything else. Like there's a little bit of like challenging of the character here and there, but it's it's definitely more about like the grand, like this this wanting to say, hey, this thing exists in our universe, so we need to introduce you to it and tell you all about it. And oh yeah, by the way, these are the people that live in it too. Like
0: right. You kind of already had all the basic stuff that the movie was intending to introduce, so it's like, okay, cool. Like you, you want to see? I, I think you, you're probably a little like me. Like I, I kind of had the surface level uh, knowledge of everything too. I'm, I'm excited now about where that puts uh, Black Panther in the next movie. Um, yeah, uh, I, absolutely. I just, I just watched Civil War, so it's, it's like I, I think he, like he's such an interesting character in that. Yeah, um, no, totally. And I thought he was—I uh, almost thought he was more interesting in Civil War
1: than he was in his own movie. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> you know, I've been afraid to say that, but yeah. I kind of—I kind of agree. It's both him and uh, Spider-Man for me. I think are more interesting yeah. in Civil War um, in relation to the other characters, as opposed to their origin stories. Which I don't take yeah. anything away from their origin movies, but. I just found them, yeah, I just found them more interesting in Civil War. I think, I, I don't know why, maybe because they have the other heroes.
1: Like, it's not that they're not good in their, their own respect. Like, I love I loved both movies. Like, I love Black Panther and I love Homecoming, but yeah. it's not, maybe it's something have to do with, like, the sort of mystery of, like, here's this guy, and, like, you know who it is, but you don't, like, know who that specific person is. Like, you don't, because you, you have no frame of reference. Like, you haven't seen them in their own story or struggle or anything like that. You just know oh, yeah, that's Black Panther. Oh, yeah, that's Spider-Man. And here they come, and right. they're, like, being awesome in this movie. So, like, I feel like that's, like, a part of it, but on the other hand, you have this, like, Black Panther goes through this whole character arc in, like, the background of Civil War where he... <laughs> yes. Like, he loses like he loses his dad, and he, like, grapples with, like, trying to get vengeance, and then he comes, you know, to the end of, like, okay, maybe vengeance isn't the best I- is the best idea. Now, he, like, goes through this whole thing, and he learns the whole lesson, and it's not even in his movie, and, and it, right. I, I don't know why it it landed, like, that, at least for him specifically, that landed better for me than his, his growth in his own movie in Black Panther, which there definitely is. Like, he definitely grows in this movie, too, but yeah. I, I don't know. It felt more... It felt more organic and authentic in Civil War, and I think that's just because of the logic and the storytelling of that particular film. And that's not to, like, that's not to, like, talk down on Black Panther in any way. Right. It's just that there are things... There are things that happen in this movie that I'm like, well, like if they had just like had this kind of conversation, done this or that, like they wouldn't have had to do that. And like I didn't really yeah. have a lot of a lot of those um, trepidations with Civil War. Like Civil War kind of made.
0: I think what's tough about it is that like is that like Civil War, he he enters the movie with this very specific viewpoint, and right. he's driven he's driven by that. And the problem with Black Panther, or I guess just origin movies in general, is that you start with the character. Who doesn't really have a viewpoint? He has like kind of an idea of what he wants right. to be, but the journey yeah. of the movie is forming that identity. Finding. So, yeah, um, what did you like about the movie then, about Black Panther specifically?
1: Ah uh, so many things uh, so where to start
0: things. <laughs>
1: so many things. I liked a lot about this movie. And the main, what I liked probably the most is Wakanda itself, just that it felt like, yeah. A fully fleshed out, like, living, breathing place. And even though you didn't spend a lot of time, like, quote unquote, on the ground in Wakanda, mm-hmm. um, just seeing it and, like, with, like, the markets and the people and, like, the different tribes. And they all have, like, their own aesthetic and they have their own way of, like, relating to each other. And it just felt like if that was really thought out and, and approached with a lot of love, for lack of a better word.
0: It felt it felt thought through and it felt lived in.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it,
0: yeah.
1: The, I mean the having like and this is this is probably the benefit of having that sort of tertiary knowledge of like about what and about the characters that you know that it's like going in knowing that it's supposed to be this like hyper like this is the most advanced civilization on the planet, this like hyper advanced civilization that somehow nobody knew about. And then when you see it for the first time you're like, Oh <laughs> like yeah. wow, like that is awesome and you and you buy it. Like I bought it, like immediately. I'm like, Okay, like I I could see how they could
0: it lives up, up to the hype. So it really pays up. off. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, del- they totally delivered. Um, I loved, I love Shala. I love him just because he's got this like sort of cool kind <laughs> of delivery and slash confidence and this sort of like sw- I don't want to say swag, but it is kind like but that's what is. he's got. Like he's,
0: yeah, but it is, it is. <laughs> like he walks
1: into a room and like he knows what he's he know what he knows what he's about and he knows what he's gonna do until something surprises him, and that's where where Killmonger comes in, who I also absolutely, maybe my top, I don't know, maybe not my top Marvel villain, but definitely super high on the list of one of the more compelling villains they've ever had in any of these.
0: I agree with you. I think, like, uh, we had just said on a previous episode that, like, the the tough part about this uh, going back and, like, watching all the other movies is that we now have this knowledge of, like, pre- killmonger and post killmonger and we're living <laughs> now in like this post killmonger really world so it's like world exactly so like every <laughs> villain every villain now has to compare to that so maybe a couple years ago like uh we were i think it was ant-man we were talking about and it's like maybe Corey oh, yeah. stoll's villain was cool in 2015 but in 2017 2018 now in this, in the post Killmonger world, it's like, <laughs> oh no, it's it's not re, it's kind of weird actually. Um, yeah. it's not, yeah, as, and that doesn't yeah. seem as real. You
1: know
0: exactly. Um, specifically with Killmonger, let's we'll talk about like like how good he is because I agree with you. Michael B. Jordan is just this phenomenal actor, and I don't think he gets nearly enough credit that he deserves.
1: No, I, I don't. You know, I first saw him in Chronicle, and I thought oh, like, yeah. and the, the sort of the like the found footage movie kind of lends itself to, I think, making its actors feel very genuine and real in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not
1: saying this about, every, like, obviously not every single movie has that caliber of actor, but like, he came across in the videos like your buddy would if you're just, like, videotaping a friend, like, on the street. Like, he really felt like a real, like, person. Like, a
0: like effortless. real
1: high school person. Yeah, and it was easy. Like, it, he's got this, like, incredible charisma and it just looks like he's like you know he's doing the work you know that he's trying because you see him like in interviews like talking about his process and stuff like that but it looks like he just walks on the set and's like all right here's what i'm doing today and just does it like <laughs> oh yeah
0: how did you how did you feel because for me his his final line recontextualizes the whole movie for me and um, um yeah <laughs> and i've had and i've had i've heard mixed responses to it which is which is too bad because yeah. i think it should be like a I feel like that's one of those unanimously, like, that's a badass line, that's a badass awesome moment.
1: Like, that, that hit me like a truck.
0: Yeah, he talks about, uh, you know, uh, uh, throwing himself, you know, dying in the ocean. Uh, with the his, water, you know,
1: ancestors. Yeah. yeah,
0: with his ancestors, everything like that. And, uh, again, like I said, it recontextualizes everything that he did in the movie, the whole movie. Um, how, did yeah. you, how did you feel about that? I,
1: yeah, I mean, like I said, I, it really struck me hard. Like, I'm, everything about him struck me hard. But specifically that line, uh gosh. I mean, I, surprise for the audience, I'm a black dude. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this or not. But it just, just uh it's it's it was hard. It was hard to, because I left the theater thinking just about that. Like, that's what you leave the theater thinking about, for me anyway.
0: Right. And...
1: It it does like yeah it totally brings to board like motivation for throughout the film like what he wanted to do it and his point of view that you know you guys abandoned the rest of us <laughs> like you had the means and you had the means but you just lacked the motivation and so he comes in you know trying to bring the motivation arguably the wrong way I think the wrong way but some people might disagree and then you hear. Him at the end saying, "No, I don't want to capitulate and be your. I don't want to. I don't want to come in there. And, I don't know what is he going to be. That's and that's probably the question that he's asking himself when he says that line. Is like, what would I be to you if you did help me right now? Like, what would be my place in this world? Right. And it's he. And he can't reconcile that. So he says, "No, nah, I don't want to be. Basically, says, "I want to be your bitch. <laughs> like, I'd rather. Yeah. I'd rather go true. and be free. And I want to I'd rather die on my own terms than have to live on yours. And that.
0: That's heavy shit. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Really that's heavy very shit. heavy shit. That's heavy shit. And he he doesn't because it 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 it's unfortunate because I, I I it counts as like a tragic kind of death to me because he dies yeah. thinking believing that they won't change that they're not strong enough right. to change on their own without him he they are not going to be able to help the rest of the world and so uh but he also doesn't want to help them on their terms L- like you said he he wants to be he wants to be in charge he deserve and he believes he deserves to be in charge so he uh and then he can bring them into that new era but they can't do it on their own which is which is heartbreaking and
1: it's the other thing is it's the what i love about that is it's the subversion of i'm gonna go save the natives from themselves like, he, yes. he thinks, I, I've got a better way for the natives to live than the natives have, so I'm going to go teach it to them. And they're like, right. nah, we can, like, you know what, we can evolve, but we can do it the way that we want to do it, not the way that you want us to do it, which right. I thought was fantastic.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, oppos- it's the complete opposite of the white savior complex. Right. So uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: And I, I thought about that, like. Early on in the movie, like when he comes in and he says, "I'm gonna be king," I was like, "Is are they doing like a reverse of the white savior? Like, is this the black <laughs> right. savior coming for the Africans? Because that's pretty <laughs> damn good." Like, yeah, that is a lot and, of foresight to try
0: and do something like that. And it and it kind of was, and it kind and 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 it worked. <laughs> like it was a, yeah. it was an an interesting subversion for that yeah. uh for that storyline.
1: Yeah, and it played out much the way that you would think uh that would for with any relationship like whether it's a white savior coming into another culture or any like separate culture savior going into some culture saying like oh i think you guys should do this and it kind of backfires because there are people still within that culture who are like no we don't want to do that
0: exactly oh yeah yeah it's great he he has a he has a couple good lines that one that one of course is amazing his opening line too pretty much his opening line where he they're in the museum and he yes uh she says, "She says the th- the the artifacts aren't for sale." And he goes, "Oh, did your ancestors get a good
1: get a <laughs> yeah, good right. price for did them?" Price oh my it.
0: god! Oh my god!
1: Okay, <laughs> this is where I'm like, this is where we're going. Wow!
0: As, like he like he dropped that right away. I was like, oh okay, I'm 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 in. I'm yeah. on board for this. <laughs> so this is the one big audio snafu that I had. Pretty much this whole time, I know we've had a couple of technical difficulties along the way, but in the middle of this, the call dropped out, um, the Skype call dropped out, and we we just were talking about um, just how good Michael B. Jordan was for a moment, uh, kind of similar to to what I had said, what I had touched on with uh, Hector in Spider-Man Homecoming, this kind of working class, working level villain that the audience inadvertently ends up relating to a lot because of uh, they share sentiment and frustration with the character and how good and how interesting that is especially in Killmonger who is dealing with a lot of also uh, with his own personal anger and with the uh, kind of racial and cultural uh, uh, atmosphere around him as well that feeds into that. Um, and Rich then brought up an interesting point about why we don't uh, keep him in our minds as the hero. Or, or as somebody to relate to or as somebody to look up to. Uh, he, is, he reminds us of his villain qualities. And I think that's a very important distinction to make. Um, and so when we jump back into the conversation right now, uh, Rich is about to explain a little bit about why... Uh, Killmonger is <laughs> is a bit of a dick.
1: It was his, his killing of his killing off of Claw, like that whole scene with like I've got your girl, and he's like whatever, I don't care. I was like oh, like I I, I didn't expect. I guess just because I didn't expect that, it was a little bit jarring, but it didn't seem to play with uh, a lot of what he was preaching later on in the film, like about sort of his honor and like his point of view and this. I I don't know. It just didn't seem to quite fit with,
0: at least not with the character he was pretending he was. Right. That was interesting.
1: that's the point. Like the point is that he's, he's, he is the guy that, that Ross says he is like, he's just this, he's a black ops dude. His goal is just to destabilize governments. Like he's not this, like he's not the high and mighty, you know, villain with a good point of good point that we all think he is like he really is just this thug and he's trying to sell us on, on him being more of a, having more of a purpose and having a higher, the moral high ground when he really doesn't.
0: Which I think is what makes him truly the villain. I think like, I think there's, I think there's a contingent of people discussing this movie who, who agree with Killmonger and can relate to where he's coming from but I think they miss that, that narrative beat where that, yeah, you know what, actually he's not he's not great. Um, not. <laughs> you know, there there's there's two sides to every story and, and you're right, like the fact it's it's tough because it's it's um it's Ross who brings this up and he's he's CIA, he's American yeah. uh and he's white, and that brings in a lot of you know, a lot of social and cultural politics into that. But at the All same right. time, Um, he's been studying this guy. He knows he was, he was trained in the military. So he knows this person.
1: That's the key. That's the key word there. He knows this person. It's not, it's like politics, identity politics, you know, this, everything aside, like he knows the man.
0: Right. Right. And
1: he says, and that, that is this man is going to do. Like, it's not about, you know, any of the other, any of the perceived um, or preconceived notions that either we have about him or the characters actually in the movie might have about him either.
0: Right. But, um yeah, and i think that 's what makes it uh, i god i think that 's what makes it a very interesting character to follow um, and yeah. to you know it it does place him as the it does place him as the villain of the of the film and of the story um, right. which is um which is such a complex like i think it 's a difficult uh balancing act to like humanize him so well but then also show you know and also give him these ideals
1: I'm the audience yeah by the way this guy's the bag
0: <laughs> yeah a lot of different things to balance out um the other yeah. big the other big moment I could talk I want to talk about centered on Michael B Jordan is um they uh they set up the ancestral plane twice before he visits the ancestral plane There
1: he goes Yes.
0: And I had thought that the ens- that it was going to be the same plane.
1: I thought that too. And I was really surprised that it wasn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised and I got like my breath kind of got taken away when it yep. was like I, it was the apartment um in Oakland. Yeah. That was Oakland, right? Um Yep. Yep, yep. Uh holy shit. So uh, how did you what was the what was it like like with that scene?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Another fun tidbit for the listeners, I am actually from Oakland. So oh, shit. Oh, there we like, go. But, yeah, there's that, bit, there's that bit, too. So when he says, like, you know, imagine that a little boy from Oakland running around believing in fairy tales. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, a little boy from Oakland running around believing oh, in fairy tales. Like it, oh, it, no. It, so it hit, it hit me in a very sort of personal way. Like, I was not, not to get, like, get it too twisted, but I was very fortunate. I grew up in, like, the nice part of town. So I had it really good. My childhood. Uh, that said, I, I spent plenty of time like, a lot of time, like, in neighborhoods exactly, like, where he grew up, and, yeah. like, I had family members who lived in places exactly like the places that he lived, and we were out playing ball exactly at that kind of playground, too, and to see him have to go back there, and they they sort of, they don't hit you over the head with it, because they don't, like, say it outright, but to see that he is still that, like, wounded, broken child yeah. <laughs> still in that apartment, still still missing his dad, like, that was, uh that was hard. Like, that was, I was. I felt that's, and that's probably where I felt for him even more. Even though he was on the outside of like the ancestral plane, he's like in the midst of like doing this, arguably like shady, underhanded, dastardly thing by like taking over a country. He's got no real connection to. I, I felt like, I ca- that's kind of where you really feel for him a little bit more, where you kind of, you can see his side a little bit clearer. Right. And just seeing the. Yeah, seeing the apartment and seeing that it's not this like you know majestic, noble like night sky planes with like all the past panthers and it's just him and his dad. Yeah, it was rough. It was it was hard to watch a little bit, but I loved it. I thought it was great storytelling. It was fantastic. Oh
0: yeah, it was really good. What I really the the interesting like parallel because they they keep drawing on like the opposite lives of uh, T'Challa yeah. and and Killmonger yeah. and um it's an interesting moment when T'Challa is in the ancestral plane. He talks to his father and, and his father says, Oh, is there no, are there no tears for, for, for me or no, uh, Killmonger's Killmonger's dad says, are there no tears for me? And, and, uh, and in the earlier scene with T'Challa and his father, um, it is, it is his father who had said, um, if I haven't prepared you, you know, for a life without me that I've, I've failed as a father. Yeah. And the really, and the really tragic moment in that, in that apartment ancestral plane is that like, he, like, unfortunately the dad had done his job. He, M- Michael B. Jordan's character doesn't shed a tear because he'd, he'd been prepared for this moment. And that's such a tragic revelation for both characters in that moment. Yeah. And, and for the audience, like, Oh, that's, that's actually a terrible lesson to have to learn as a child, and for a father to have to teach. Yeah, you, know? you have to
1: be ready to exist beyond me, and you're a kid. <laughs> like, oh. You know, you're a kid.
0: Yeah, you're a child. Hello. Yeah. Yeesh. Uh Let's see. What, then, th- so clearly, I mean, obviously, Michael B. Jordan, huge, huge part of this of why this movie's successful Absolutely. and 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 so fascinating. Um. What else? What else did you enjoy about the movie? Uh,
1: probably one of my favorite. So there's obviously there's a lot of uh social relevance from in this movie. I like guess it's, it's a very timely time for this movie to come across. Like you have you have an all yeah. black cast, a mostly black cast, uh, with a couple of Tolkien white guys, which is my favorite thing to say
0: because <laughs> yeah, the to- yeah. yeah, the, <laughs> the Tolkien white guys, both
1: of whom I love. Like, I love both those guys as actors. Oh, but yeah. um, for for me. And in my part, like seeing it it was really funny like seeing it down here in San Diego with like, you know, all the all the friends, like and in the audience there are people that you don't norm that I wouldn't normally see in the audience of a Marvel movie. Like there was mine of my uh old coworkers, she was the group sales manager at Broadway San Diego. She brought her and she's this is an older lady, like she's probably in her uh mid late fifties now. Like she brought her dad and her mom. And
0: Aww.
1: like they had two nieces and nephews with them too. Like and this it's very much like like, this is very obviously a cultural moment for, uh, for black people. Like going into a movie like this and seeing, you know, no drug dealers, no slaves, you know, yeah. no servants. Like it's people in positions of nobility making big decisions, being flawed, like not just being like perfect, as they would say, magical Negroes. Like they're all, oh, yeah. like they have full, full developmentalities and it's it not, it's not just, Kind of like when I read the news nowadays and I say, like, the black community says, I'm like, well, how do you know? Like, we're all very different people. Like, we don't all think the same things and feel the same way. Right. Like in that movie, You've got the sense that even in that movie, in that setting, they wouldn't say, like, the Wakandan community. Because they're each individuals and they each have, like, obviously very different views of how things should work. Um, so there's, right. there's, like, the cultural aspect and impact just uh, is heavy for me. But one of my favorite, my favorite, favorite other parts is that you have, you know, very prominent and very powerful women in this film. Oh, yeah. And they don't have to they don't have to say that. They're just there. Like they don't have yeah. to say, here's our here's our all female elite royal guard. Like now they just show it to you and you just right. have to accept it. <laughs> like this is the way yeah. it is. It's like, oh, here's my my little sister. female, is the head of our science. Fiction. Like, no, she just walks in. and It's like, yeah, I'm the boss. And you just accept it. Yeah, like that's the that's the great that's the, I think that's the way to do that. Like honestly, is yeah. to say yeah, here it is. And it's I think
0: I think so. I agree with you. I I really like, uh, specifically to to Chala's interactions with them, with there's just an air of, just a mutually assured respect that he has. Like yeah. there there isn't like a there isn't some sort of distinction that he has because it's a woman. Like Deni Gurira, the head of his, you know, royal guard it's like there's never there's never anything more it's just you, i respect you because of the job you're doing because of yep. the relationship that we have yep. and that's it um and yeah it's 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 um it's something that uh yeah obviously can you know, makes a big impact culturally for for um for people to see that in in movies, because that's that's not how I mean. It's like it's like you just said, like uh, that that's very that much not,
1: not how you normally see that.
0: Exactly, that's not how you see women. That's not how you see black people in movies, and yeah. um, and it was just so important, to, I think, to just show it as is. Like you said, like here it is. You know, you you can you can deal you can you can deal with it. You can not like it, but like this yeah. is how it is. So how it is. get yeah, used to it. it. Yeah, oh, and uh, I love that. That's...
1: You you touched on something there, too, that I really wanted to point out, is uh, this movie, especially with T'Challa and uh, Shuri and with Okoye, with all all the Wakandan characters, they did a great job of establishing their individual relationships without dragging down the plot, like, without having to get, like, oh, oh, but we have to stop for a second and talk about how their brother and sister and what their relationship was like. No, they just show it to you. Like, he walks in, they have an exchange, She makes fun of him. And yeah. he shows you that she's smarter than he is, and he shows you that he's more commanding than she is. They do all of these things just with the dialogue and with their interactions and expressions, without having to have like you know some kind of messy flashback or something to show them growing up, being brother <laughs> right. and sister. Like they feel like a brother and sister just by the way they interact.
0: Yeah, just by the way they interact. Um, it, when you throw the when you throw the mom into the mix too. Good lord, Angela Bass Angela Bassett got um two applause breaks, um, during, when I saw the movie. Um, cause she got one oh, just, be- just for being the queen.
1: Just for being Angela um, Bassett, she's being the queen, yeah. Yeah, like,
0: like she, when she's standing there waiting for T'Challa to come back home, like, she's standing there and she's got that, like, the robe and the the yeah. the headpiece on, holy shit, and she looks like yeah. the queen, so that's great, so she's good, um, and then later when she's like, taking the headpiece off, and it's just her white, uh, like, shock white, uh, uh, my hair,
1: hairs. yeah. Oh
0: my god, that yeah, got so applause cool. break on its own, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it was great.
1: As a who is it? I was talking to a couple of the um, teaching artists at the Globe and they both happened to be black too, and they were talking about this movie, and they called it just the showcasing of like black excellence. Like she is, and that's Yeah. And Angela Bassett kind of is the queen of that in the Hollywood in a way. She's always been seen as this sort of like powerhouse of an actress. And I saw her I got to see her in fences on stage oh, in the past at the pasadena playhouse in like 2006 nice. and she is that woman like she's just an absolute like present yeah. so that yeah, see that on the, see that in the film too like it absolutely comes across
0: oh i love it yeah i yeah black excellence like you said i think like the two especially i think the two most heavily like um uh, accoladed of the cast. It's Angela Bassett and it's um Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker and they're both yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um that's amazing. Like I, I, I just love that. Yeah. I, I like seeing that and then and and then to have them share as much of the screen time with them as they do with like uh kind kind of relative newcomers in comparison of like um Shuri, yeah. uh Letitia Wright and then um, Who
1: absolutely I'll have to pause to say who absolutely stole every single scene scene that she was in. Like she is oh, fantastic. For sure. I can't wait to she see more. She was great. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, Stuff I think it. she's going to be great. She's going to be in Infinity War, it looks like. She's in the trailer, so I'm excited for that. Okay. Um, I'm excited for her to meet Peter Parker, because uh, the teenagers oh, yeah. should meet.
1: Yeah, the tech... <laughs> I want to see the, the tech nerds all get together. So, like, her and Rocket and Peter and, like, Tony. Oh,
0: shit. Because, you know, there's
1: yeah. going to be, like, some little interaction between her and Tony where he's, she's like, your tech is primitive, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Can't oh, I can't... <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for that. Um, uh, and then also um, uh, uh, Mbaku, um, the guy. The, oh my God. Uh, Winston
1: Duke. I love Winston Duke. I, I love Winston Duke. And when I heard that he was in this movie, I was like, "Who's Winston Duke going to be in this movie?" Because I I didn't know like uh, what all, all the other like I didn't know the specific names of like specific characters in the comic book. Like I didn't know who he was. And then, so I did a little bit of like searching, and I saw that on his IMDb, it said Umbaku and I was like, "Who's that?" And I looked through like the Marvel Wiki, and he's Umbaku's <laughs> supposed to be the man ape. I don't know if you knew this or not.
0: Yes, I did. And- yes, I was. I was actually gonna <laughs> ask you about this because it was like it's it's a it's yet another thing. This is because this is this is something that affects both you and me. It's like Rich, a- of like oh, go ahead. The ra- the 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 racist origin of yeah. certain characters. <laughs> exactly. um, and how do you how do you bring that up and for what is interesting about Black Panther, and I'll let you I'll let you talk about this in a sec, but like I want to just set it up of like when they when they have brought uh, Asian characters uh, to uh, to uh, you know modernize them. Uh, my yeah. big example in the Marvel movies is Doctor Strange. They update the ancient one by completely whitewashing the character and then right. they just take it out. Um, yeah. Or the Mandarin, they they whitewash the Mandarin so that they don't have to worry about it because they don't want to think right. it through.
1: It's um, and then, I remember hearing an interview for Doctor Strange where they're like, "We felt like we were damned either way, so we just did this." Right. Like. Like that was that was yeah. a better choice than having like an uh the whole quote unquote ancient Chinese secret
0: right type and character and it's like and it's like, and like there's so. a good way to
1: do this like I know there's a good way yeah. to do this you're just being lazy <laughs> like that's what it yeah, is yeah
0: exactly there is there is a de- there is definitely a good way to do this and that's the perfect segue the good way to do it is, is <laughs> showcased is here, here. Panther, it's yeah. showcased here it's beautiful it's what perfect. so you so you liked uh, you liked Winston Duke and and and, and Baku it was so good like he's, he's he comes in, So he comes in and he's like, I'm going to challenge. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy?
1: And he puts on the gorilla mask. And I'm like, wait, is that the man ape? Oh, that's that guy. And I remember, like, so I looked it up and I'm looking at all these, like, just these racist ass comics with this dude in it. And it's, <laughs> and it's just not that at all. Like, he's just not that. Like, he's this powerful, like, noble, regal, like, tribal leader who's got a sense of humor, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes and they they managed to and they but they managed to retain the 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 ter you know this terrible uh origin this racist yeah. origin and they but they incorporated it and they made really, it better <laughs> really beautifully yeah. yeah they they beautifully incorporated it into this into the tribe so the distinction of the tribe like each of them is kind of based around an animal and after I learned that, like, when I rewatched the movie, it was, like, you can see, like, the river tribe has a specific mask and the, you know, they, they all, it's so cool.
1: Um, so what I, learned, what I learned further, actually, now that, you, now that you mentioned that, when I went back um, to look up, like, more stuff about what they, so like, the background and design and, like, all that stuff for the movie, uh, the animal god for the, the ape tribe is a Hindu god. Like they oh. use, they actually use that God's name. I, it's, it comes, it happens really early in the movie. Like I think during the challenge scene, like they say uh-huh. like praise. I forget, I forget exactly the line, but they say the name of this God, and it's a Hindu God. Like it's a real God. <laughs> like it's not just oh. something they made up. Like this Wakanda. I love
0: god. it. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. That's So cool. How awesome is that? <laughs> oh, that's badass. Um,
1: so they take the like like it's a, and that landed in another layer of it for me that. Like, oh, so Macan is not totally closed off for the rest of the, from the rest of the world. Like they are paying attention, obviously, if they're adopting um if they're adopting religious figures from other from other cultures, if they're adopting, you know, like you can call it even language probably and like slang and stuff like that. Like clearly they've they're not totally isolated if they can right. take something like an, a god from totally different part of the world and say, yeah, we're cool with that.
0: Yeah. I loved it. And I, I, I I did. I really loved Mbaku's character because he was ultimately very, very noble about who he was. Like he could have, he, he could have, there were so many opportunities, um, in terms of like his arc through the movie of like, he could have taken off, he could have taken over. Um, he had the opportunity. He had, he had, he he had the almost dead King. Exactly. (laughs) Not to save him. But he, he but he saved, saved him. He took in his family, and then he, and then he said, "Oh yeah, we we probably should help you, uh, with the with these invaders." Yeah. So oh yeah, so we'll we'll help. Show up. And then he shows up too. Yeah. yeah I, uh...
1: <sighs> but the way yeah, that, uh... he had, and he had the best joke in the entire movie. Like as far as I'm concerned, when he says, he's like, "If you don't know shut up, we're gonna eat. I'm gonna like I'm gonna feed you to like my soldiers." And then he like he looks. Like you know, Everett Ross looks terrified, and he laughs really loudly. He's like, "Just kidding, we're vegetarians." Like I <laughs> had the biggest laugh in the theater that I was in.
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I thought that was, I thought that was a great joke. I thought it was really good. I liked, I liked Martin Freeman in that scene too. When he, yeah. he, he, I think he, I think as, as again, as one of the Tolkien white guys, he. Yeah. He plays that role, you know, he plays this exce- exceptionally where he's he's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to help. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not the white savior, but right. I'm going to help you because you need all the help you can get.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and he even, and, you even, he doesn't say that exactly, but you sort of feel it in the way that he says it.
0: Right, He's like, hey, exactly. I'm just here to help you
1: guys. It's like you, he's like, you did me a solid, I'm going to do you a solid. So
0: let's, exactly. let's do what we can oh, do. I loved it. And I always have to and I always have to bring this up anytime he gets mentioned. But Martin Freeman Martin Freeman's American accent is so freaking good. Oh my god, it is. I forget that he's I forget that he's British. I I'm forgot that he was British. Movies. Oh yeah. my god. It's 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 so good and like and then I just watched I just rewatched Doctor Strange uh this week and it's like Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent is so bad and it's like I don't oh understand gosh, yeah. Uh, it's inconsistent.
1: Sometimes it, it sounds good. like I felt like it sounded better in Ragnarok, and maybe that was just you know over time he yeah. like, got better at it, but Even there, like there were inconsistencies in it too.
0: It's so inconsistent. It's it's sometimes it's like he's trying to cover up a southern accent. It's like sometimes yeah. it's a little it's a little like he's trying to he's like swallowing like he's like swallowing all his words. I don't know, but then like m- fucking Martin Freeman comes in and is like. And like makes you forget that he was also uh, Bilbo Baggins. Like it's right. crazy.
1: Yeah, him and Tom Holland are some of the best like accent work oh. I feel like I've seen. Like Tom Holland sounds like he sounds like like I don't live in New York like you do, so maybe you have a better idea of this than me. But he sounded like no, a tricky yeah. Coaster to me.
0: Like that was awesome. Yeah. He he's he's extremely convincing. And I don't know if you've heard him in interviews, but the other I thing have. is that yeah, he, he can go he goes back and forth. Yeah. And that's like that's hard. Yeah,
1: that's crazy <laughs> hard. Oh, I, I cannot do that. I'm not that good of an actor.
0: I don't think anybody is. It's crazy. Um, well, I had questions, but I feel like we've like just through talking, we've we've hit on everything I wanted to talk about. Uh,
1: there's the the nerdier aspects of the movie that people that I know anyway have nitpicked about is that
0: uh-huh.
1: vibranium isn't supposed to be able to do like all of this stuff, blah blah blah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, oh. like. We, first of all, like you have to kind of let go of that because in an, any new movie in any new universe, they're going to say things you can do whatever they want to do because you can tell more interesting stories that way if you have more at your disposal. Second of all, right. we, we both know that it's not just Vibranium that's in Wakanda, that there's something else there, too, which is what I wanted to touch on. Right. Yeah. Sort of because you see in the trailer in Infinity War, like there's a big battle in Wakanda. It's like, I wonder why. What could be there? Yeah. It's got to be the Soul Stone because that it, that would make perfect sense to me anyway. For because they bury themselves in the dirt and then suddenly they can talk to the dead. Like that's what the Soul Stone does. So that's exactly the Soul Stone.
0: There. Yeah, like the dirt, like that dirt is orange in yeah, Black exactly. Panther, the ancestral plane dirt. Hmm, yep. that's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, because yeah, because I, I would assume initially what I what I what I thought was like, okay, they they go to wakanda in the in infinity war uh i think it's caps idea to protect uh vision initially because they he's got one stone oh yeah you know yeah, and yeah. so they can retreat there and and, and black panther's like yep cuz now the borders are open we're going to you know we let people in we're going to help um but i think they also yeah i think it also makes it more dangerous because i think they maybe even, maybe even unknowingly have an infinity stone,
1: I would say they don't know that that's that's my my guess is they don't know what that is, they don't know that they have it, so they they're probably going there for the exact reason that you think that they think that's the best place to defend vision, and then right. it finds that and they find out that's not why he was coming there in the first place, but now that you've brought them both together for me, how convenient, thank you,
0: <laughs> oh God, yeah, oh boy, <laughs> um Ugh. yeah, I think. I think similar to like obvious like obviously like now you you've we've said it, like Black Panther's great and, and the movie is world building um expertly done, I think yeah. that um just like how we kind of liked Black Panther uh in terms of uh civil war, you know, just a little bit more <laughs> I'm excited yeah. to see like Wakanda in the context of the bigger world like how Absolutely. you know yeah. like now we're going to now it's the the biggest possible crossover that it could be part of and it's part of Infinity War. I'm excited to see all of those characters interact with all these other characters that have now been established over over a decade practically. Absolutely. It
1: makes it makes all the future dialogue that much more interesting. And like any dialogue oh, yeah. that's going to happen between Wakandan characters and like the outside heroes is automatically more interesting because now we know just how awesome that place is.
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel like Chadwick Boseman, the way that he's been, the way that he's been kind of uh, represented or talked about online, um, feels uh-huh. like feels like how people are reverent towards Robert Downey Jr. right now. So I feel like if Robert Downey Jr. is like going to step down, step back. I feel like Chadwick Boseman is going to fill that spot now of like just the Marvel kind of. The centerpiece, uh, yeah. Yeah, the ambassador to everybody and like the, the central person. I don't know. It, it just feels like the way everybody keeps talking about him, like at, at award shows, he salutes, he salutes like a, the Wakandan salute,
1: you yes. know, like
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I think saw it's so, on, it's so on cool.
1: Instagram. He had. He was with uh, Lupita Nyong'o and uh, Dene Guerra, and they all three did it like all together. Oh. And it, like, zooms in on, on them in slow motion. and I'm like,
0: yes, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: oh, I love so them. Right. No, I agree, and I think the, the one of the final scenes in the movie, um, kind of telegraphs that when he's. or no, that's not the final scene. I'm sorry. That's the first after credits scene mm-hmm. where he's uh, addressing the UN, like saying like, look, like here we are. We're kind of blah blah blah. I also thought it was a very pointed criticism of our current political climate when he literally says, was it, uh, fools build barriers, wise men build bridges.
0: Oh, so good. And
1: Ryan Coogler came out and he said, no, 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 like we wrote this a long time ago. <laughs> like,
0: we <laughs> wrote that well
1: before the election. Like that wasn't like a pointed critique of our current leadership. But I mean, it can't help. Like it comes across that way, obviously, just because yeah. we are where we are.
0: And it, and you know it, it it's 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 not I mean like current political climate aside it's not wrong you know like no. uh, you know it's actually, it's, <laughs> yeah yeah the, the 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 whole lesson of the movie is that you know you do watch initially an isolationist country um embrace mm-hmm. the fact that it has to join the part of, join the world because uh, it it has potential to share with the world And I think it can also, the world can also show it some good as well. So, you know, it's just that relationship of, you know, that symbiotic relationship. So it's ultimately better. So regardless of the current political climate, you know, yeah, bridges are better. It's a better, it's a better world.
1: And it it shows, like that singular line shows the lesson that, at least that um, T'Challa has learned, if not the whole of his country has learned that we can't if anyone knows we exist we can't exist in a vacuum like we can't exist on our own because what happens to us can affect can potentially affect the rest of the world right so we have so like aside from our like our large responsibility to just share like our knowledge and our power and this and that with the world like we have a duty to them in order for the world's protection to give them a heads up <laughs> to let them know what's going on with us <laughs> right yeah, exactly you know, if a dissident comes in and takes over the country, like what almost happened, he could have easily destroyed the, like a larger part of the world.
0: Right, because he had he had advanced technology, yeah. he had the strongest the strongest material on Earth, and and potentially an Infinity Stone.
1: Yeah, and potentially an Infinity Stone, and already planted like they already had operatives all over the world, like they had people right. embedded already, like everything's oh. there for things to go very wrong. So. Yeah. For them to see, for them to see, sort of the error of that, and and re, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Course correct. There it is. Course correct for to a different way of life for them. Probably not from the day to day, but you know, for their as far as their politics goes, I think that's a, that was really well done.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I man. Do I have
1: one technical nitpick for this movie. One, oh uh, yeah, one please. Nitpick. Oh
0: yeah, I was just—I was actually just about to ask you. Yeah.
1: My and my one my one nitpick is that final fight between uh, T'Challa and Kill- Killmonger—it did not look that great. It really didn't look that great. <laughs> and no, I'm not just even talking about uh, the CGI. And I want to watch it again just to be certain of this, but <sighs> just the the actual fight itself, like their are back and forth, the moves they were using, the like the, the using the the dampers on the train track to give them a chance to like talk through their, their issues was, I didn't mind that so much, but the literal actual fighting styles I felt wasn't reflected as well as it was earlier in the film. Like when you see them fight for the first time, you very much get a sense that here's T'Challa, this proud warrior. And you can see that in the way that he fights and you can kind of see, uh, killmongers like, you know, his black ops training and like in his fighting style. And it comes across, much, much clearer in the earlier fight when they're not, you know, powered. And I thought, well, maybe that's just a fluke. Maybe they just wanted it to look different because now they're superheroes and superpowered. But, like, even earlier in the film, in, like, the very first action scene when they're in the casino, all three characters have a very distinct way of handling themselves. Um, Like, Okoye, when she takes off her wig, it's it's kind of like a, it's like a finally I can do what I want to do the way I want to do it. And she pulls oh, out the spear, and she's so fighting cool. in this very tribal, awesome, awesome fighting style. And then it cuts yeah. to... Uh, God, I forget Lupita Nyong'o's character's name. What was it, Nakia?
0: Nakia, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, it was Nakia. Uh, and when it cuts to her, her first instinct... Because because she's been one of the embedded uh, war dogs, her first instinct is to go for the gun. So she fights in a very modern sort of way. Yeah. And then it cuts to... Uh, T'Challa, and he's very much again like he's the proud Black Panther, and he like conducts himself the way that he conducts himself. Right. So they like, all have very distinct, and it's, of course, the fact that it's like this nice one shot
0: that flows beautifully through the casino yeah. made it look so so cool. That's the I think that's the crowning achievement fight scene of the movie. I think like cri- criticism of the final fight aside, I agree with you. Um, the casino scene is the one that like oh that fucking sticks with me, yo.
1: <laughs> yeah, the attention to detail for each character in the scene, like, and e- giving them each a chance to do what they do best, the right. way they like to do it, and not even just the heroes, but like the villains too. Like they all yeah. get their they get their due. Like Ross gets his due in that yeah. scene too.
0: Yeah, I agree. But yeah, and in, in contrast, I, yeah. it
1: just felt it just felt off to me at the yeah. end. I don't
0: I don't know I don't know why me I I, I couldn't. I thought initially, because I was like, oh, yeah, it wasn't great. I liked the fall when they're falling into the mine uh, because the like yeah. the, the sound cuts out. I thought that was a really impressive uh, yeah. choice. Um, but, yeah, once it got to, like, the fight proper, I was like, what is happening? I thought maybe they were both. I thought maybe it was a fully digital scene, which is it, why yeah, they it couldn't.
1: definitely felt like that.
0: Yeah, which is maybe why they couldn't have so much nuance in their movement it was like both of those characters were animated i don't know
1: no i i I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case because it definitely didn't it didn't have the gravity of their other fight like like the hits didn't land the same way and i just didn't feel as it wasn't as impressive like it's not it wasn't like this is the worst fight scene i've ever seen but it wasn't as impressive (laughs) as like again the previous fight scenes in this exact same film right i'm like what happened
0: uh, I, I'm, this is so off topic, but I wanted to I wanted to just uh like off the top of your head, what is the worst fight scene from a movie that you've seen from, from any movie? Yeah, or oh like, I, I guess, or like maybe if you want to keep it like maybe like superhero slash sci-fi, like maybe in that in that genre, can you think of like that your your example of the worst?
1: Oh my gosh, uh, if you want to stick to if you want to stick to Marvel. And this isn't the fault, like the the fight between Thor and the Destroyer in the first Thor movie is just, <laughs> yes. it's just boring. Like there's yeah. just nothing, there's just nothing really interesting about it. Like it's just completely boring. I don't know. If it's necessarily like it looked bad, but it just wasn't like for it being like the final like action set set piece. Yes, I don't know. It just kind of didn't really land very well for me at all. All right. Uh, I can tell you, I can tell you what the worst stand out action scene I have ever seen is. Okay. And this is from a filmmaking standpoint, from a superhero standpoint, from a <laughs> human with any sort of taste in anything kind of standpoint. Uh
0: huh.
1: And it's the from the movie Catwoman.
0: <laughs> it's her, what? her and Sharon Stone.
1: <laughs> no, it's not that. It's the. Oh. It's not. It's not even a fight. It's like an action scene. It's the basketball scene in Catwoman. Have you seen oh, that? oh, garbage?
0: god. Oh, god.
1: <laughs> Wow! With the cuts and the takes and like I'm like I want somebody to go through and I'm sure it's it probably exists on YouTube, but to count yeah. the amount of cuts and the Dutch angles that happen oh. in that scene,
0: it's good cut like the cuts Lord. the cuts are you if you were to just watch the cuts like if you were to take away the image yeah. of what they are cutting from and to, you would think it's yeah. like this high stakes action scene and they are just dribbling. That's all that's happening. <laughs> And a close second
1: second is in the third Taken movie
0: Uh. (laughs) where
1: Liam Neeson is trying to hop over a fence. And we all know in real life Liam Neeson is approaching 70 years old.
0: You're right. Exactly.
1: So he's not just going to go run over like an eight-foot fence. So it takes – and I I counted on my own when I saw the movie, and I thought it was like 10 takes. And someone who is better than me counted it on YouTube, and it's 13 cuts – Ugh. To get him over this fence, <laughs> like, oh, it's God. just him hopping the fence, and like that is the worst thing. That's the worst action thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, That's like, awful. Every every movement coach, every fight choreographer I've ever known is rolling over right now. Like, that is so <laughs> it's horrendous. But Marvel's not particularly egregious when it comes to its its confrontations. Most of them look pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And
1: large. I really enjoyed. I mentioned Ant Man earlier. I really enjoyed the final fight in ant-man just oh, because
0: yeah.
1: just because of the joke opportunities and the way they handle it like
0: the, the tra- cuts. Like, yeah the train fight is like, is, is is great yeah. uh yeah that's such a that's a that's a very well done that's very well done I feel like I feel like that had to have been a part of the footage that Edgar Wright uh, was still on oh for. yeah because because
1: yeah. it's the very, it very seems like him. A very obvious like that's one of the things that Edgar Wright is great at is seeing what he has and doing exactly what you think he would do with it, but in a way that still seems fresh and funny. Yes. So when they cut out from like, so when they cut into the two of them and there are these explosions and it's epic and the world is falling down and then it <laughs> cuts out to like normal size and it's just like a toy train falling over. Yeah. <laughs> like I laughed
0: yeah. uh, so hard. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Ugh.
1: Yeah. That uh, that's
0: that's a great that's a great sequence.
1: You know the now that I'm thinking about it, the Guardians two final fight with uh, Ego is kind of bizarre.
0: It's a bit weird, right?
1: Yeah, it's a little weird. Like it's not
0: bad? Question mark. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't know if I wasn't like this is awesome, right? Is it just because Kurt Russell is? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I'm wondering if it's like the Kurt Russell, if it's similar to Liam Neeson, like we got to cut around this um, right. older gentleman. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah know. we've got
1: Chris Pratt who's like Adonis <laughs> juggernaut right. of comedic acting, right? And then we have Kurt Russell who's a dinosaur of those things as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Not that I don't like I, Kurt
1: Russell, I thought he was great in that actually. No,
0: yeah, of course, but yeah, he's he's like it's it, that final it's fight just of- yeah, I just don't yeah, I don't understand that final fight. Um, before. Before we wrap it up, uh, do you have any uh, besides the Wakanda uh, secretly housing the Soul Stone? Do you have any other like uh, thoughts going into Infinity War? I've been asking everybody like, who do you think is not going to make it out alive?
1: I have some um, thoughts going into Infinity War. I think I think we lose Vision in this movie. Okay. I think we do.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh,
1: for sure. I think we lose Vision for sure, and I I would be willing to bet money that we lose Tony or. Cap? I'm not sure which one. But probably Cap, though.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, All I right. think Cap is doomed. Ooh, I don't know.
1: And we'll we'll finish the movie. Oh, wait. Ooh, no, I know exactly what it is.
0: Okay.
1: I, I, I almost didn't say this. So, when I watched the trailer, this was one of those things. I watched it with Lindsay, and she's not like, she wasn't a nerd growing up. I mean, she was a band uh-huh. nerd. She wasn't a comic book nerd. So, right. <laughs> a very nerd cred. Uh, <laughs> when Gamora is talking about what Thanos... Will be able to do once he has the full gauntlet, and she snaps her fingers. I'm yeah. Like, oh, now I know how the first movie's gonna end.
0: Oh shit. Yeah. Oh.
1: First movie is gonna end. Like, if they and if they have the if they have the the chutzpah to do it this way, I will applaud like hard. But if they just show him snap and then cut to black, I'll be like, oh yes, fantastic.
0: Oh, that. Oh, that would, that would be both, that would be amazing written. and infuriating. I
1: would, yeah, I would hate it a little bit, but
0: I would love it so much more than that. Yeah. And then they, and then they, it's cut to black, a uh, little moment of silence, uh, and then the credits roll, and it's uh, Don't Stop Believing, so it's like the Sopranos yeah. ending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be perfect.
0: Oh my God! You I know what? That now that you've said it, I, I, ah, I, I am, I'm, yeah, I'm both yep. in love with that, but infuriated by it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I hope,
1: I hope it doesn't happen exactly that way. But if it does, I will not per, I personally will not be
0: disappointed. <laughs> no, I love it. You feel like? Do you feel like you hit everything that you wanted to talk about? I, I want, really
1: like... enjoyed this movie. Like I said, for me, it hit. It, I, I mean, it's. I'm literally the target audience for this movie in every way, like down to the specificity of where I was born and raised. Like I wasn't expecting that at all. So when they're when they're in Oakland in the end, and like you're like, hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna like I said, we're gonna course correct. We're gonna be a part of this world, and we're gonna help people who need the help. And like it was very moving to me to see that. Yeah. And when the lights came up, uh, there were two little there were two little black kids sitting right in front of me. And like two boys, probably like 10 or 11 or so years old. And they got up and they're just, they stand up and they're not, they're not in like a superhero pose, but they're both like standing up, just staring at like the screen as the credits start to roll or the credits continue to roll. And I'm like, these guys, like I, me personally, when I was growing up, I never, I was, how do I say this? I was never in the position where I thought that I really needed to see someone like me, in a position of power like that. And that, part of that is my privilege. Part of that is a privilege that I have and the upbringing that I have. But I know that watching this, is in the same way that Wonder Woman and Episode 7 were significant for young girls, that seeing this is incredibly significant for young black boys. Seeing that they can be more than, they can be more than what they've been told to up until now. It's like, I could be a leader. I could be I could be noble, I could have compassion, I can have forgiveness and empathy and all of these qualities and that doesn't make me any less of a man. I can be those things and I can be if it's important to them to have this as part of their identity, I could be a strong black man identifying with yeah. these qualities that have been presented to them on screen in a glorious way. And I think
0: that's... And 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 to like to add to that, like the like to add to that the the the, the emotions that People have like especially like men like masculinity in general, it's like that's generally looked down upon like um like you saw you saw them sad, you saw them angry, you saw them yeah, dealing with these emotions exactly. um maturely yes, yes
1: men have we are complete, we are full and complete people, we can have every range of emotion, we can be smart, we can be dumb, we can make mistakes, sometimes we're violent, and sometimes we're gentle, and you got to see all of that in this movie,
0: yep, yeah. Uh I love it. That's a well I think that's a perfect summation for it. I think we should just leave it there. Rich, thank you so much.
1: David, I'm really glad that you're doing this, man. I'm, I I kind of want to sit and listen to all of these rather than trying to sit and watch all the movies <laughs> before. I Some... go...
0: I honestly, I think some of them, I I don't want to, I don't want to boast and toot my own horn, but like, I think like, I yeah, think, so, nah, I think way, some man. of the episodes, I think you can listen to them and I think they're more satisfying than watching the movie. I definitely believe that for Thor, the Dark World, and Iron Man 2, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Those two. I think, and especially those two, I'm, I'm, I'm oddly very proud of those two episodes. Awesome. So I think like, yeah. I think, you're like, yeah, you can listen to them, and it'll be great. And I'm excited for this one.
1: Right on, brother. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man.
0: Take care.